G'day everyone, it's Kame here from First Brick Property Buyers Agency. Now I've just come back to Sydney, uh, back to home base. I'll spend the last few days in the nation's capital in Canberra. And whilst I was in Canberra, obviously Canberra is very known for <clears throat> its polls, its, its voting. Um, and I thought, you know, I did make a post regarding um, post or during COVID sentiment survey about property a little while ago. Um, but I thought I'd make a video about it um, and actually go through the results and especially with the second wave of COVID happening, uh, maybe get some results out regarding sentiment and how people are feeling towards the property market. And these are real people, not my opinions, not you know someone else's opinions. These are what people actually feel regarding the property market. So this survey was completed by um, Pippa and Pika, which is the Property Investors Professionals of Australia, that's PIPA and Property Investment um, Council of Australia, which is PICA. Um, PICA is for just general investors, um, not for professionals, not for businesses. If you are an investor or you have any interest in property, I would strongly suggest um, joining up to, to become a PICA member. It's great. It's $5. There was a webinar last night or the other night. Um, $5 a year. You get a lot of resources. There's a lot of help. There's a lot of meetups in terms of uh, which is where the good value is like you join into a little group and you just talk about property and you, what you might not know someone else will know what you know someone else might not know it's just great to share experiences and tips and education around that so picker um i'll put a link in the video to uh, the website so you can become a member if you're interested we have no affiliation with them at all um besides the fact that i am a member i uh, was sitting on the state board for new south wales which i resigned from uh, to focus on the business, but it's a great initiative. Other than that, um, let's get into the survey. So this survey was completed um, and was closed on the 24th of May, so a couple of months ago, um, but a lot of the results are still very um, relevant. So first question here was, do you believe now is a good time to invest in residential property? Now, 72% of people respondents said yes to this. So 72% of people who voted still believe that this was still a good time to invest in property and there was just under 2,000 voters there. The second question was, are you looking to purchase an investment property within the next six months? Uh, we had 40% saying yes and 60% said no, they were not looking to purchase right now. Question three is a really good question. Um, has COVID-19 made it more or less likely that you'll buy a property within the next six months? So 19% said that it was made it more likely that they were going to be buying property. 25% said less likely. And a whopping 58% said there was no change. So that's showing you the sentiment um, that COVID hasn't really affected their plans. If they were already going to buy, if they weren't going to buy, it hasn't changed what they were going to do. Um, and it wasn't going to change. So and question four is a continuation. Has COVID-19 made it more or less likely that you'll buy property in the next six to 12 months? So a little bit further down the track. Again, we got 30% of people saying actually more likely, 15 saying less likely and 55% saying no change. So we actually have more people saying because of COVID, we're actually looking at purchasing a property in the next, in the next six to 12 months. Um, and those people are quite smart. You know, there's a lot of opportunities that are gonna come up in the market. And, um, you know, famous state saying from Warren Buffett, you know, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. So, um, you know, those people obviously 
or would hopefully be very stable jobs, have buffers in place to be able to take any shortfall hits, but are really looking at getting into the market and getting opportunities. Um, we all want a good price and we all want to find good deals and stuff, but we always wait for seller's markets and it's very hard to do that in a seller's market. So 55% um, said it wasn't changing. Again, COVID hasn't had an impact on their property plan, which is good in an aspect because their property plan is irrelevant to some external factors. But 30% actually have said it's more likely. Only 15% of people felt that they were less likely to buy due to COVID-19 in the next 6 to 12 months. Now, question five is focusing on the sellers. Has COVID-19 made it more or less likely that you will sell property in the next six months? Four and a half percent said more likely, 35% said less likely, and 60% said no change. So when we're looking at the sentiment of the buyers, we found that the buyers are a little bit looking to be more active. But when we're looking at the sellers, and this is what we've seen already happen in the market, and it will continue to happen, is that the sellers are not going to be selling if they don't have to sell. So what's that telling us is and something that we've been preaching and you know we did a podcast when COVID kind of first started back in march about it as well is that if you do not need to sell and people don't need to sell their properties they won't especially in australia where we sort of have a love affair with property we will do everything we can to hold on to our property so if that means you know eating baked beans if eating noodles or whatever it is cutting down all costs to hold on to our property we will be holding on. And because all these people who may have been wanting to sell are now not selling, the Stockholm market is actually reduced. And with a lower Stockholm market and the same amount of people, if not more people wanting to buy, the supply and demand ratio is actually still in the, in the favor of the supply and the sellers. So that's why we're not getting huge market crashes at the moment. And this is why the property market is staying relatively stable. Where we're seeing price discrepancies and big movements are those really high net worth properties, those three to five million properties, they're getting the big hits because the demand isn't there. And then those really low properties, price areas, areas that people don't want to be in. Um, so it's very important that you're getting your asset selection correct. And if you are COVID, not COVID, property price is actually remaining pretty resilient because the stock is actually quite low. And this, and this explains exactly why. Question six in the survey was, has COVID-19 made it more or less likely that you will sell property in the next six to 12 months? So a continuation. So the last question was within the next six months, and this one's six to 12 months, very similar response. 5% more likely, 31% less likely, and 63% no change. So same story there. Moving on to question seven. Has the COVID-19 pandemic affected your income in any way outside of your rental income? So this is talking about your salary, wages, dividends, anything else except for rent. We've got 37% saying yes and 64% saying no. So that's just kind of to paint a picture of where people are regarding their incomes. Question eight, has the COVID-19 pandemic resulted in, your, in you experiencing your own financial hardship, meaning unable to pay some of your financial commitments? So we just saw that 37% of people said yes, that they have been affected, their income has been affected in some way. When we look at this question, it's saying, has that pandemic resulted in any financial hardships, any inability, inability to pay off commitments, financial commitments? 7% yes, 98, uh, 93% no. Massive. This is very important information. This is huge. What this is saying is, you know, all those people that think we're going off a cliff, that people can't afford this and that, 7% 
have had some sort of financial hardship. 92%, despite 37% of people saying yes, that they were affected in terms of income, 93% of those people, of 93% of the total people are saying no, no issue in terms of paying financial commitments. This is huge. This is, this, this is good news because one, it means that we'll be able to bounce back quicker than um, if it was the other way around. And, and two, it means people are being smart with their money. They're saving, they've got buffers, they're not just living paycheck to paycheck. So 93% is great, great number for the broader economy and obviously for the property market. Question nine, have you applied for a repayment, pause or holiday on any of your current mortgages with your bank or lender? So the big September cliff, the big once the banks stop their holiday periods, we're going to have a huge crash or not. This is the answer to that question. Eight and a half percent of people have said yes, they did apply for a pause or a holiday on their mortgages. 91.5% said no, they did not. So again, a huge amount of people have actually said no, whilst we haven't actually applied for a holiday, we actually have been able to pay off our commitments, um, even if we have had some sort of issue with our income. So this is a big one because a lot of people will talk about, oh, you know, this is going to happen, it's going to happen, and the media will talk about it as well, but we're actually looking at numbers now and we're looking at data and what it's telling us. This is huge, huge information. Very important to note. Question 10, financial standing. What time range best describes your ability to meet your financial commitments, taking into consideration your savings, loan buffers, and current income status? So again, a follow-on from that question. So we have less than 1% saying they are currently behind in their commitments. 5.5% are saying they're currently running month to month. 5% saying they have a one-month buffer. 12% have a two to three-month buffer. 17% of people have a three to six month buffer, 20% have a six to 12 month buffer, 18% have 12 months to two year buffer, and 21% have a greater than two year buffer. This is again, very, very good news for the economy. This is great news to hear that people are being smart with their money and not living paycheck to paycheck. Five, uh, we've got about 6% of people who are behind or running month to month, which means we have 94% of people that have some form of buffer from one month to more than two years. So again, this is this is important information to know when we're trying to look at where the property market's going. A lot of people saying we're gonna come off, we're gonna jump off a cliff, we're gonna fall off, we're gonna crash, this and that, without real information behind it, just kind of talking. And this is telling us 94% of people have at least one to two years plus buffer. And the one month buffer was only 5%. So there's a huge amount of people with a decent buffer that's gonna be able to get them through the next um, little while. Question 11, during the COVID-19 pandemic, have you been asked by one or more of your tenants for any rental relief? So this is a good question because a lot of people, obviously, when we're looking at the media, it's saying, you know, tenants galore are saying we need, we need rent relief. Personally, my tenants thankfully have not, um, but I know of people that have, and I know of people that haven't. Let's look at what the respondents are saying. We've got 20% saying yes, 80% saying no. So 80% of property investors with tenants have had their tenants not ask for any rental relief, which is obviously great news because that means their incomes are okay, which means that the landlord's incomes are okay, and that money continues to flow into the economy. Question 12 is a follow-up. So it says, if yes, what did you agree to? So if yes, um, 
your, one of your tenants did ask for rental relief, what did you do? We got 6% saying no agreement. Um, so we're going to higher ups, um, you know, mediation and etc. 21% are saying a permanent rental reduction during the period. And uh, 23% uh, are saying a deferral of rent. And 50% are saying other. So other was um, the landlords have helped the tenant, no change, not applicable, um, tenant trying their luck. So some tenants were just seeing what they can do. Actually, that's quite a big portion, 16% um, of the 50%. So the tenants were just trying to see if they can get away with a bit of a rent relief. What's good here is that um, tenants are being given some help, only in a very small portion of people there hasn't been an agreement, but they are getting help. Um, and most of it is a, you know, via a rent repayment program. So the money will eventually come back. Um, and it's great to see landlords being able to help their tenants out. Question 13, have any of your tenants refused to pay rent? 96% saying no. Only 4% of respondents have said yes, our tenants have refused to pay rent. So again, great to hear that. Question 14, it's just about where you are located. So 36% were located in New South Wales, 21% Queensland, 30% Victoria, 6% South Australia, less than one in NT, just over one in ACT. We got 6% in WA and then one and a half percent in Tassie, just so we know where people are responding from. And then we look at the age groups as well. Under 25s compiled of 2.7%, 26 to 35 year olds, 27%, 36 to 45 year olds is a 34%, which is the big one, which makes sense because that's the age group where most people actually have a property investment. And uh, 22% were 46 to 55, 56 to 65 years old, 10% and over 66, less than 2%. And final question, question 16, what is your annual household income range? Why is this important? Uh, a lot of people might be thinking, well, well, these people that answered these surveys, these people that are property investors, they probably make millions of dollars, whatever, so it doesn't affect them, they don't care. Let's actually have a look at what the annual household income range, and this is an household. So if there's dependents, if there's um, partners, whatever it is combined. So less than 50 grand, we got less than 2%, which makes sense because you really need to have a little bit of um, a higher income than 50 to get into the property market. Not always, but in the general gist of things you do. 50,000 to 75,000, we got three and a half percent. 75 grand to 100, we got just under 10%. 100 to 150, this combined household income is 22%. 150 to 200 is 23%. So the 100 to 200 grand combined range is that that is a big one, is a big uh, group of people. 200 to 250, 15%, 250 to 300, and 300 plus at 8%. And there was about 8% not willing to disclose their income. So that brings us to the end of the survey. Um, I guess I just wanted to highlight that it's very important to not just take media um, and what the media is saying at face value. And sometimes it is important to actually do your own research and have a look as well at what's going on. So there is a poll and survey from uh, the PICA and PIPA um, organizations. And we can see there that the sentiment is actually still towards, uh, it's quite positive towards property, the property market. Um, Sellers are not selling, so it's bringing the, the stock down, which is helping in terms of prices not falling off a cliff. And a lot of people are 
do have their buffers. So smart with their money, looking forward, forward thinking and doing the right thing. So I hope that gives a little bit of insight into the property market and the property sentiment. And next time you see a huge headline in the media, do a bit of research um, and, and form your own opinions as well. That's, that's all for today. Um, if you would like any more information regarding the property market or regarding the survey or PICA or PIPA or anything that you may need help, feel free to contact us, shoot us an email, um, call us or send us a message on our social media platform and we'll be happy to have a chat and happy to help. It's KM, First Brick Property Buyers Agency. Have a good day. Take care.